Hi there and welcome to another Oslo podcast from the 22nd annual ANZIC CTG meeting held in the beautiful town of Noosa Heads in Queensland, Australia. My name's Todd Fraser. On today's podcast, I'm joined by Tomoko Fuji, lead author of the recently released Vitamins Trial, and she joins me today to talk about her latest project, Reading the World of Metabolic Acidosis. Tomoko, welcome to the podcast. Oh, hi Todd. Thank you for having me today. Tomoko, metabolic acidosis has a bad name, but does it actually cause harm? And if so, how? Um, So uh, in early animal experiments, uh, low pH, uh, I mean metabolic acidosis, uh, may lead to cellular dysfunction and it can cause cardiac dysfunction in the critical patients. So that's the harm side of metabolic acidosis, we know. What do we know about how it influences outcomes for critically ill patients? Uh, The previous um, epidemiological studies consistently showed that uh, the severe metabolic acidosis was associated with poorer outcomes of patients in the ICU. Do we know much about the causality of that, or is it simply that metabolic acidosis is associated with with, uh, sicker patients? No, uh, it's not clearly shown, because in order to show whether metabolic acidosis itself is harm or not, uh, we need to do an interventional trial, interventional study, because we can't separate the effect of metabolic acidosis on the outcome from the you know, other causes in those patients because metabolic acidosis can be you know, just an um, epiphenomenon of the critical illness. And, uh, and we've found that there's only one randomized controlled trial to um, adjust the pH level of patients in the ICU by using um, sort of bicarbonate. So we don't. We know that we don't have enough evidence to uh, to you know know whether metabolic acidosis itself is harm, and we also do not know whether um, changing the pH levels in those patients can improve the patient outcomes. Is there any evidence that treating metabolic acidosis and maintaining a normal pH has uh, any benefits? Um, yes, it was a French trial. Uh, you might be uh, remember it's a Bicar ICU trial published in Lancet two years ago, and the trial was a multi-center, open-label, randomized control trial at 26 ICUs in France. And they enrolled patients with pH level less than 7.2 and bicarbonate level less than 20 millimolar. And the intervention group in the trial received 4.2% of sodium bicarbonate to maintain the arterial pH over 7.3 during the ICU state. And the trial uh, found that... uh, renal replacement therapy was used less frequently in the sodium bicarbonate group. But overall, the primary outcome was a composite of 
death by 28 days and the presence of at least one organ failure at seven days. But there was no difference in the primary outcome. Tomoko, acidosis may potentially have some benefits too, mightn't it, such as offloading of oxygen at peripheral sites. Can you tell us about those? Um, well, acidosis uh, can be you know, caused by metabolic uh, process or respiratory um, mechanics. And metabolic acidosis and respiratory acidosis can you know, work in a different way for a human body. And for respiratory acidosis, there is a... Uh, several there's several studies that showed it may beneficial in some aspects uh, for cardiac function etc but we do not have enough evidence that metabolic acido- metabolic acidosis is beneficial for human body so we can't you know put those two types of acidosis together when we talk about the benefits and harms. With me today is Tomoko Fuji to talk about metabolic acidosis, its management and outcomes. This podcast is part of a series of great interviews with leading researchers that you can find at osla.force.com, along with a range of other great free learning resources and modules. Tomoko, what do clinicians currently do in their management of metabolic acidosis? All right, so... um... We wanted to know what we're doing at the moment in Australian and New Zealand ICU. So we conducted an observational study, to, uh, two observational studies to look into the current clinical practice. So first, we looked into N6APD data to know the applicability of the findings of the previous trial and, uh, and the findings uh, and the current data in Australia and New Zealand. And uh, we, uh, patients who met the eligibility criteria of the previous trial, the BICAR trial, counted only 1.6%. So uh, the patients in the Australian, Australian and New Zealand ICUs may not be uh, so severe as in the French ICUs. And in the next observational study, we conducted an international uh, multi-center retrospective study to um, look into the current clinical practice for metabolic acidosis. And the observational study was conducted in nine sites in Australia and four sites in Japan and seven sites in Taiwan. And patients who were admitted to an ICU were screened, and those who had pH level less than 7.3 and base success lower than minus 4 within the first 24 hours of ICU admission were registered in the study. And each ICU registered 10 patients who received sodium bicarbonate and 10 patients who did not receive sodium bicarbonate. And from the Australian and Japanese data, we found that metabolic acidosis occurred in 12.6% of ICU patients, 
And surprisingly, more than 20% of patients with metabolic acidosis received sodium bicarbonate within 24 hours of the diagnosis of metabolic acidosis. And the practice was quite similar between the two countries. Patients who received sodium bicarbonate were sicker and had poorer outcomes than those who did not receive sodium bicarbonate. And when we adjusted for illness severity, then there was no clear association between sodium bicarbonate therapy and the outcomes. So we thought this may be investigated in an interventional trial. Tomoko, this is all part of your larger research project um, under the banner of SODI-BIC. Can you tell us about what your plans are? Uh, sure. Um, SODI-BIC project um, is an, a new research project of sodium bicarbonate for metabolic acidosis. And um, we did a couple of studies to test the feasibility of double-blind randomized control trial. And uh, we tested the feasibility of blinding uh, for to intensive care unit professionals uh, because sodium bicarbonate solution is provided in a glass bottle in Australia and New Zealand. So we need to use soft bags to have a to do a double-blind randomized control trial. Uh, so uh, we tested whether IC professionals were able to tell a bag spiked with sodium bicarbonate from a bag with with a just a puncture mark, and also we did a, a stability test uh, of sodium bicarbonate soft bags, and the stability test showed that the solution was quite stable in the soft bags during the first 24 hours. So we uh, demonstrated that double-blind randomized control trial appeared to be feasible. So um, we're currently planning a pilot randomized control trial to you know, examine physiological effects of the intervention and also to test the feasibility of patient recruitment and the intervention protocol. And this is leading to a randomised control trial in sodium bicarbonate in acidosis in the future, is that right? Yes, that's correct. Tomoko, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast today. It's been great to talk to you again and good luck with the SodiBIC project. Oh, thank you very much. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today. For more great interviews just like this, please visit our website at www.oslocommunity.com.